Ben McShane is my name and I am the Director of the Finance and Legal Team here in CPL. I have over 15 years professional experience in recruitment and financial services. In my current role, I oversee a team of consultants across financial services, accounting and legal, and I specialise in senior appointments and INED search assignments within financial services. I'm delighted to be joined today by Enda Allen, who is an experienced financial services executive who now works as an independent non-executive director within financial services. So Enda, you're the first man to be interviewed for this interview series, and it's something I'm really excited about getting involved in, and I'm looking forward to speaking with lots of interesting people from the world of financial services. So no better man to kick it off with. And so I suppose we've had our own discussions in recent times, Enda, and I thought it'd be great to broadcast your thoughts on a few topical subjects in the industry here in Ireland at present. So I suppose with with the growth of Ireland as a significant player in offshore financial services, which by definition, of course, requires the establishing of all sorts of legal entities from funds to new European subsidiaries of banks and broker dealers, is there a sufficient pool of talent to fill the boardrooms? And I'm wondering, especially around the non-executive directors. Yeah, well, I think um, to answer that question, we we need to go back uh, through the history of Ireland's financial services industry, which is you know more than thirty years in its current form. So. If you if you run that through to individuals' personal experience, you know what we have is people who actually began their early careers at the very start of Ireland's growth in financial services and have run it all the way through. And many of these people, in the sort of firms that have been setting up in Ireland, from asset servicing, investment management, uh, the aviation industry, international banking, they have all moved. Uh, through the ranks, um, often coming out in senior management positions in a European context. So many of those people will now be coming towards the the third act of their career, so to speak. Um, So with that wealth of of background and experience, um, they are well placed um, to step into the boardroom, or for many of them, they're already serving as uh, executive directors on the boards of these legal entities. So it's really just a matter of them uh, pivoting into non-executive roles into, into other entities. And how important do you think it is for these candidates to have gained international experience throughout their career? Yeah, look, I'm a bit biased on that because my own career, uh, as you know, includes um, quite a number of years overseas Yeah. In the Netherlands and in the UK, working in London and Amsterdam, and for a period in Singapore, and I think these broader horizons are are really important. Um, and certainly, what I would be emphasising where I'm pitching up for position, but I do have to concede that the quality of of the uh, finance professionals that have remained in Ireland is extraordinarily high. You know, I sort of grudgingly admit that that they have been able to take full advantage of their international exposures while being based in Ireland. And again, many of them traveling overseas, representing their firms um, and often rotating into positions themselves into into their own head offices. So I think uh, it's certainly a massive advantage. Um, uh, But then again, for people who haven't um, had that opportunity, it's not necessarily 
going to disadvantage them excessively. So in terms of talent, Enda, what does Ireland offer that distinguishes it from other offshore international centres? Yeah, so th- this is the people, people, people thing. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the quality of our education, um, the standard of the people that come through it. And I remember back in the early days, and I, Ben, I'm not that old, but but uh, when I was working with ING and we were setting up here in the first instance back in 93, I remember looking at um, young graduates coming out and going to work in the in the in the asset servicing industry and taking up positions that I knew from my time in London were often occupied by by people with O levels or you know scraped through A levels and I and I often wondered how long that would last but the extraordinary thing was that by by funneling graduates into those positions they didn't stay there for very long you know they bettered themselves they were part of the growth of the organizations they were working for and ultimately uh, carved out their own careers so that what they have ended up doing has been a good match for what they're capable of doing so it actually created its own momentum by itself um of course you know these days and i mentioned it before we've had 30 years or more of evolution and those young professional uh, men and women who entered the system those those years back have come through the system and they've emerged in very senior positions many of them as European heads uh, and some of them even as global heads of their respective areas. So we do have this, also have this pool of top talent uh, so that in the event that organizations are choosing to create operations that require a top team and the talent uh, to support that, it is possible to cobble it together here. And, And as I said in my previous example, you know, and Ben, you and I have worked recently um, where uh, you've 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 introduced a team to an organisation, uh, and I think the outcome is extraordinary in terms of what we've been able to put together. So, uh, you know, th- th- there are working examples like that, and you know, and then just wearing the green jersey. If you've got a bunch of motivated Irish people in a room, um, and with the right focus and the right support behind them, you know, they are unbe- they're unbeatable. Yeah, no, I must must say, and I couldn't agree more with you there. You know, the feedback we have received uh, from new international firms who've come to market in recent years about the quality of talent available in Ireland has really been fantastic. Um, and what is also constantly noted uh, is that the productivity levels of the Irish workforce is far superior compared to other international financial services centres. Couldn't agree more. I would love to hear your thoughts on where a firm such as CPL could add value to either an existing firm in Ireland or a new potential entrant to the market. In Ireland, uh, while we have a lot of talent, the challenge is always to find the uncovered talent and, and the people who will actually slot into positions and excel in those positions, not because they're a square peg in a round hole, a square peg in a square hole, but because uh, they are able to bring something to their organisation in terms of their capacity to 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 build the function that they've been able to uh, 
or that they've been engaged to uh, uh, fulfill. Uh, so what I've noticed about the successful search firms here are, are the ones who are able to uncover the non-obvious, you know, and this could be, you know, the, the, the credit risk officer from a wholesale banking background who's able to assume responsibility in a broker-dealer type environment. Not a huge pivot, but a pivot nonetheless. Um, or my favorite search was, you know, the, the internal auditor who became an outstanding chief compliance officer. Uh, it is those sort of matches and fitting which which I think important. So the recruiters need to know more about the underlying business rather than just picking people off the shelves. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But the other thing I would uh, add to that is that uh, Ireland is characterized by networks within networks within networks. And the recruiters who are successful behave in a way that's quite different to, say, London, again, New York, you name it where the recruiters tend to engage only on the basis of search mandate. Whereas in Ireland, the the more successful recruiters are constantly in touch with the talent. So they know where everybody is. They, 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 they catch up with them. They hear about how they've developed in their current role, uh, what sort of skills they have. So they're constantly thinking about where might this person fit as they evolve um, and you have this sort of fluid engagement. So I think that's uh, that that yeah, that's basically where I've seen the the more successful Irish firms operate. Yeah, no, I I must say I do agree there, and uh, you know as well as that from our own research, you know, as was recruitment in Ireland uh, seems to be far more relationship driven compared to some other international centres where it could be quite transactional. Um. You know, I feel it's really crucial for consultants to get a strong understanding of their client's culture to make sure that they're finding the right fit for that organization. And I suppose you can't get this information from a CV and it's really where a trusted recruitment partner adds further value. And, and another point to add as well is that, you know, a firm like ourselves can provide invaluable market data to our clients when they're looking to set up or grow out new business lines. So on to the big question of the day, and uh, the Brexit question. Why is Ireland a preferred solution for international organizations that have had to adapt to a post-Brexit Europe? Okay, so there's the, the, there's the obvious ones, um, which is that, you know, in Ireland, the environment that's provided uh, has, has, has a very similar look and feel uh, to the UK. Uh, the, the the legal and uh, regulated entity infrastructure uh, would be very familiar uh, to to anybody operating out of the UK, and of course our legal system is common law based. These the uh, of course we're English speaking, so um, and and in fact, you know, post Brexit, uh, we're, we're the only English speaking uh, a gateway to Europe, but but we shouldn't allow ourselves get ahead of ourselves in that respect. Um, you know that 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 can that can work both ways, and we need to constantly internationalize here. Um, I, I think firms that come over and set up here in the wake of Brexit, um, they they experience a service provider model. Let's call it that that they'd be familiar with, and this can be the infrastructure of professional advisory firms, um, as well as the the infrastructure of 
administrative service provision uh, and, and all of that. So, so it's, it's, it's an easy transition. But the other thing, and I'm, I'm getting back into the regulatory space here where, you know, I constantly remind myself I need to be careful. Uh, but uh, uh, I think what's, what, what, what's really important uh, in the post-Brexit environment is that the rest of Europe are watching what has happened to the firms that used to run themselves out of the UK. And there's a, a certain um, uh, fear or scepticism, whatever you would want to call it, that they might continue to operate out of the UK and brass plate through European countries in order to passport across Europe. So uh, staying with that sort of theme, you know, I would go back to the regulatory hurdles that any operation has got to get over in terms of getting their license approval to operate out of Ireland. And, and, and those operations that are regulated in Ireland, there's no doubt among our uh, fellow European countries that they have passed muster in terms of the level of substance that's required here, the level of meaningful work and oversight that 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 has to take place and the control environment. So, so in the face of this fear of brass plating from the UK, I think the operations that have opted for Ireland and they have opted for a slightly tougher path in terms of their approval processes but again once they get through that um, I fully expect that their whole passporting experience is going to be a lot smoother uh, simply because of the reputation that uh, we have established here for having a, a, a tough regulator so um, and then coupled to that of course is is you know Ireland as an alternative you know we are at the heart of Europe also from a regulatory perspective and and financial services so much around regulation these days um so that you know being a european regulated entity there's there's lots of opportunity to split operations across europe in in a common regulatory regime and and we've seen examples of that where you know and and i, I won't go into naming names but but large operations have set up uh, predominantly in Ireland, but they've been allowed to satellite out uh, trading operations that operate out of Frankfurt because they're tapping into a talent pool that's there, um, or outsourcing uh, uh, activities into Eastern Europe, um, which is also subject to the same regulatory regime. So you have you have this advantage of you know being able to choose the best of the resources across Europe to establish a pan-European type operation. So, you know, that's that's something that's not as visible as uh, on the surface, but it's certainly uh, uh, taking place around us. Yeah, and, and I also think it's noting, and, uh, you know, it's not only the world's leading companies who are looking to move to Dublin, but we've also seen a significant appetite from international financial services talent to relocate to Dublin from the likes of London, the US and Asia. Um, and prior to COVID, um, from our own data, 25% of our placements in financial services in 2019 were relocation of international talent. It is. I, I think the challenge, of course, is, 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 is that our infrastructure has got to evolve to, 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 to cope with that. And uh, going off piece a little bit here, but I mean, you know, we do have examples of new international schools that are being set up so that, you know, when international talent does come in, 
that they have the opportunity to continue the education of their kids in in, in while they are in Ireland. Uh, but but we, we we've also got to move on the agenda in terms of the young talent that's coming in because as they evolve, they're not want to they're not going to want to live downtown in in, in apartments uh you know throughout their career they will they will want to move out into the suburbs and we have this we have this uh, pinch point on housing that needs to be developed but but i think all of that will come in the fullness of 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 time but in the meantime you're you're you're, you're absolutely right you know from you know the uh young professionals in their mid-20s right the way through um you know i've heard nothing but positive feedback in terms of their experience in working here I must say the feedback has been extremely positive from talent that has relocated to Ireland in recent years. And that's both from a professional perspective and also at a personal level. And and on that note, we might finish up with a nice little story. So there was a client of mine who has moved from the London market to Dublin several years ago now. And he is amazed that he could be sitting at his trading desk in Dublin city centre and then within an hour, he could be hiking around the Wicklow Mountains and taking in the fresh countryside air with his family. So I suppose it really goes to show that you can get the best of both worlds here if you want. So Enda, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me today to talk about the pivot to Ireland post-Brexit. Yeah, look, my pleasure entirely, Ben. Always happy to help. And I'd also like to thank everyone who's taken the time to tune into this broadcast. I hope you've found it beneficial. Um, and for anyone who's interested in hearing more about the financial services market in Ireland, you can always reach out to me directly on ben.mcshane at cpl.ie or you can come through the CPL website.